The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. You're welcome back to the show, Jer Gilroy from Off the Ball uh, with me. So, Jer, championship decider apparently put iron in your arse, wouldn't it? All this championship decider talk on game two in the Six Nations. Well, they're definitely the two best teams in the competition. Mm. And so it might be, you know. The, you, everybody wants to be wise in, in advance of the event as opposed to, oh, that was a real turning point when that thing happened. So, mm. um, But you do have two uh, teams in form with high expectations. I know you hate rugby, really. No, I don't. You, you, you try to portray me as some kind of rabid rugby-hating Fenian. I'm not. I love it. I think it's a great sport. And I'm four square behind the boys in green. Hashtag team of us. Uh, are but you? But I you? am. I am, absolutely. I just think all this talk of a championship decider. I mean, sorry, I accept absolutely they're the two best teams in the competition. But we've also been better than Scotland on years where Scotland have come and beaten us. Uh, I would say that I was a little bit taken aback by how good Scotland were against England and so therefore I don't think it's a shoe-in that we're just going to cascade through the rest of the tournament. Yeah. Um, we have to go to Scotland. You know, sometimes the bus arrives late and gets stuck in traffic and we have a hissy fit and we lose. Yes. Um, that's what has happened in Scotland in the past. They've been two or three tries up before we metaphorically got off the bus <clears throat> in that one time, literally. So I like I, I think that in and of itself, this is a really compelling fixture. Yes. Two very good teams. Obviously, there's uh, injuries from Ireland's perspective, which maybe is a good thing in the long run. It softens our cough a little bit, shows us just how strong the depth is or mm. or not. Um, and, like, really, this year's Six Nations is going to live as long in the memory as what happens in the World Cup. Yes. As, as, as like, a, a precursor to that. It's This is the... The mood music. We remember the Six Nations before the last World Cup because England came on the opening day of the tournament and beat the crap out of us. It just exploded us like um, like that bullet in JFK. We were, and that was the end of our season. Like we can retrospectively go that we never recovered from that at any stage. Did we ever look like ourselves again after that? This time around, we played really well in the start of it, so we can start to feel confident about. Yeah, we will at least do ourselves justice in the World Cup, and then sure. What happens, happens. So these are the two best teams, Ireland and France. Uh, who's the best team, do we think, ahead of the weekend? Are, are, like, would you give, would you, would, would France you think France team. shaded? Yeah. yeah, I think France are the best team. And I think um, the fact that the World Cup is in France uh, is a big advantage for them. You know, we can't really get over the fact that home advantage really matters in, in elite sport. And they've been building to this point. They have much greater strength and depth than we do. They have, they have been circling this year in French rugby for nearly a decade and they're ready to go. So if we can stop them, that'll be a real important moment in when we meet them later down the track. Oh no, we did beat you. Yeah. Know, you know, and Andy Farrell hasn't beaten them as head coach just yet. So I think there's a few ghosts to lay. Well, what's so good about this French team? Um, just the quality of players or is it the well, style of play? Uh, Antoine Dupont is potentially the best player in the world. Okay. Like, uh, you know, you, you can make a case for loads of other people to be, but his impact on the game um, is at a, a very, very high level. And he's their nine and their 10 in Intimac is is gloriously talented. And they were able to bring him off after an hour last week and his replacement immediately scored a try. And, you know, there's a, just a competition there. Whereas if, if Sexton goes off, we've seen the... the, the um, the, the team changes. It changes its style and it changes its effectiveness. Mm. With France, they bring off their generational talent and then Egg's not a generational talent. He's just a really good talent that they have also replaced with somebody. Unless there's two generational talents, which kind of means that your definition's wrong. So they just have um, 
And they also they brought uh, they brought outside coaching into the backroom team in Sean Edwards to improve their defence. So mm. they've they've gone outside of what would have been uh, their traditional methodology of approaching what they were trying to be, and they have embraced that. And so all of the fickleness and the flakiness that we would have associated with French rugby in previous decades seems to have been slowly wrung out and they're getting the best from the available talents. All right. I look forward to it. I do a big championship decider. Hashtag team of us. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday. These also the two best teams in the competition, I understand. By a mile. By a country Really? Mile. Yeah. I was asking um, Ronan Mullen, our producer, how can you have two number one seeds? Well, two, two separate conferences. Oh, I see. So um, the AFC and the NFC. Um, I think so goes, they were the number one in each. So the the best team out of each conference. Yeah, has, has I think made it goes to back final. to like uh, the fifties when there was only one league, and then they had another league that set up a rivalry, and then they came together to form the NFL. Oh, I see. That's when the first Vince Lombardi Trophy would have been would have been done. Um, so it was basically it's the merger of two leagues, and the leagues stayed kind of separate for traditional rivalry purposes. And as a result, now you have like an NFC Championship game and an AFC Championship game, and then the winners compete for the Super Bowl. I see. Um, so the two teams in it, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, the Chiefs have... So the, there's definitely a case we made that Patrick Mahomes is the greatest athlete playing in any sport at the moment because he's at his absolute peak. So he's up there with Leo Messi. He's up there with LeBron, but obviously Messi and LeBron have come off their He their plays peaks. for Kansas. He does. But unfortunately, he's got a high ankle sprain, which normally takes you out of action for six weeks. He's played okay. through it. He, he went off injured and they were like, oh, he's got a high ankle sprain. And then he came back on in that game and then he played last week or two weeks ago now and was definitely impaired by it. Um, so we're not going to get to see them play each other at the full peak of their powers, which is really unfortunate. Who's the quarterback for the Eagles? A guy called Jalen Hurts, who I think okay. is his third season or um, maybe it's second full season anyway. Um, and it's this is the first time there's been two black quarterbacks playing uh, two young men really uh, Mahomes is 27 and Hurts is still on his rookie contract so mm. um, again like they are very different but they're relatively similar in that they both will be able to move with the ball themselves as opposed to just being uh, lads who throw the ball Is the sport more popular here than it used to be? I think way more popular Yeah Like way way more popular it has exploded in popularity um, Is that a Sky Sports thing? I think it's, What I, is it? I think it definitely has a lot to do with Sky Sports but I think Primarily, it has to do with social media and people were able to find a community really quickly. Yeah, and also uh, the NFL basically said we're going to put all our highlights up really quickly. Ah, uh, oh, so I see. If you if you miss something, you can see it, and um, that just so that combined with the ability to find a community means that you don't feel like you're missing anything, even if you have missed it originally. And and then like you can listen to podcasts from locals if you're a Philly fan you're listening to the local Philadelphia sports phone-in shows because, mm. and so you feel like you're not missing out. Your fandom is as valid as, whereas back in the day, you had to like, somebody would write to you for your fantasy football thing and you would write back to them and like, um, <laughs> yeah. that, you know, you needed to be very committed to it. You did. Uh, the halftime show is who? Uh, is it Rihanna or Beyonce? Ah, it's Rihanna. Come on, you knew, that it's was Rihanna. a test. Of course it was Rihanna. Um, tell me this, Premier League, City and Arsenal. Pep has gone a bit. Um, Pep's gone on the defensive today in the press conference, uh, talking about how you know we're not part of the establishment of this league. I'm like, well, okay. What? What do you mean? What league? Technically, the Premier, Premier league. league. Yeah. 
Technically, we're not. They're not in the elite. They're kind of the uh, yeah. They're the, in the popular masses. Plucky startup. Yeah. Is that is that clamoring uh, for attention? Um. So I this the Man City story gets bigger and bigger and bigger and won't go anywhere. It's not a story that is like. Uh, so the Super League came careering back into uh, focus this yeah. week as well, and uh, football regulation was in the news in the UK over the last while. Um, there are plans afoot, and the plans are kind of somewhere stuck in the ether at the moment. <clears throat> Pardon me, but I, I just think that it's getting to Pep. It seemed like it was getting to in the press conference, and I would not be surprised at all if he's not still in charge come next season. So okay. Uh, He's like, oh, why, why would this be a distraction? Why do you think this would be a distraction to the players? Like, what do you mean? Of course it's a distraction. If they're going to get relegated, <laughs> if if relegation is a possibility, of course the players are making yes. plans for not having to go to Stoke on a wet Tuesday night. I mean, they value not having to go to Stoke uh, in financial terms. It's a bad career move for them. So, yes. Um, I think Man City are getting distracted by it. And that's why a run-of-the-mill game against Aston Villa, which you would have chalked down as an automatic three points, and nothing's automatic at the moment. All right. Okay. So that yeah, and that championship decider then is say is until Wednesday. Tell just say what's your take on the reemergence of the European Super League? I mean, is there uh, kind of uh, the flailing arms of a dying man, or the uh, like the sense that listen, we are on a journey with an inevitable. Conclude uh, destination, and well, that is some sort of European Super League. I I live in Ireland, so I you know I don't I didn't have that visceral response that uh, fans of English football had. I found the Irish fans of the English league clubs who were oh this is our tradition. I was like I don't really understand that. So personally, I don't I understand that um, fans of those clubs place a value on that tradition, but uh, like I love I love the NFL. I love watching the NFL, and I love the fact that the thirty-two teams are the same thirty-two teams. And I think that like a lot of sports can really benefit from looking at those models. And I don't know. The, the the one caveat to this is that the league has actually been really interesting this season. The worst team in the Premier League at the moment is spending lots and lots of money, and they're signing good players. And there's like really you know the, the worst teams are actually yeah. more vibrant than they have been in such a long period of time. So. Uh, Personally, I don't have a, a philosophical issue with a European Super League as a fan of, like uh, Ireland. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, but but do you, do you, is it your sense that we're going to get one? I don't know. It's very difficult. Okay. To, like, it, it, is it possible that in some uh, populist move, a UK government decides to ban their teams from entering a European Super League? And it's possible that that might, you know, and yeah. then they would be seen as the saviours and that might get you an extra 3 to 4%, which means that you're, you know, in government for another five years. Like, that, ultimately, it could come down to something as stupid so as that. So Boris Johnson could be what kills the European Super League dream. You know, he'll, he'll ride back in on his white horse. Jerry right from Off The Ball. Thank you very much. Off The Ball, as always, with you from 7 o'clock tonight. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk.